Welcome to another episode of the Penny and Pops podcast under the MagicBasketballOnline.com name. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. Let's go. So we are recording this on a Saturday, which means we are in the heart of uh, Olympic season right now. Uh, f- hopefully, all of you watched the, Olymp- the opening ceremony Friday. Uh, unfortunately, Mar- Mario Hazonia did not uh, pop up in it. Um, he was there. He walked with the basketball team and everything. Just didn't get a fun close-up of him. But uh, if you look online, there's plenty of pictures of him. And uh, hopefully, uh, Mr. Hazonia has a very fun time over in, uh, in Rio uh, this morning. He was there uh, with Dario Saric at the USA-Croatia men's water polo uh, group stage game. And it's cool that he's able to go around and kind of enjoy himself before they actually start and playing on Sunday. That's got to be one of the cool parts of being at the Olympics is the opportunity to check out all the other events that are going on. You know, you don't... I, I bet that Hazonia doesn't spend a lot of time watching archery in person and stuff like that. So to go and check out, you know... Uh, other countrymen and root them on that's got to be pretty cool yeah also water polo is a really dirty sport i always forget that it's like the whole the whole goal is to drown the other person like anything going on under the water is fair game but uh you know since we finished the last podcast on the olympics i figured we could kind of ease into that again uh croatia begins group b play on sunday they open up with spain uh, the times are pretty friendly, actually, for their for their scheduled games. They play at 6 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Um, you know, then they have a couple other games. So every other day they're playing um, for the for the next week, basically. You know, they play Argentina on Tuesday. They play Brazil on Thursday. Next Saturday, the 13th, they play Nigeria, and then two days after that, they finish Group B play with Lithuania. Top four teams make it to the knockout stage. Uh, if you look on magicbasketballonline.com, I wrote a preview piece basically stating that I think Croatia really does have a legitimate shot of, of getting a medal. We talked a little bit how obviously it's the USA's tournament to win or, or, and lose at this point. Right. Um, funny enough, today though, uh, we're recording this Saturday evening, so for anyone that watched, um, our, uh, Australia just put a whooping on France to open up uh, the ba- uh, the basketball tournament. Uh, the Aussies won by 21 points. and It's, it's almost like the French team was missing somebody. Yeah, so I've, I have I obviously took a screenshot of a confused Vincent Collet looking off into the distance, and it looked like he was searching for something, and the answer that he was searching for is, is at home. And so they were missing Evan Fournier because they were stupid enough to leave him at home, and... The French team looks dead right now, and this is a team that I thought was the second best team into in this tournament. Um, the only other team that was up there with them, I thought, was Spain. So the fact that they already got, in my mind, upset by Australia, um, that that puts them in an interesting situation there. But I'm not going to talk about France because they were stupid enough not to take Fournier. But basketball karma, suck on it. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll bounce back and they'll make it to the knockout stage because they're. They're France. They're 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 too good not to be top four in Group A. But um, you know, sir, going back to Croatia, I you know in the preview I said that Croatia has no expectations. They it was a, it was a surprise that they even won the Olympic qualifying tournament to get to Rio, and the fact that they're there now, 
you know, they've, they've, it's Boyan Bogdanovich's show and Dario Saric's show with Tizonia being the sixth man off the bench right now. So that team is only going to get better here over the next few years. The average age on that team is 26 years old. So they're one of the younger teams in the tournament. And, you know, I, I, I mentioned that, you know, look, if they can beat Spain on Sunday, that, that would be a hell of a way to start and, and really put yourself in a position to, to maybe make a run out of medal. But, um, you know, Spencer, I, I said that Croatia would, would finish 3-2 and two in the group. They would take third place in, the, in Group B, putting them in a situation where they, don't technic- they would technically not meet the U.S. until the final if they made it that far. Um, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are on, on any of these matchups that they got going on. You know, they, they play probably the most dangerous game is that third game on, on Thursday when they play the host Brazil because Brazil has a pretty weak team as is. You know, they don't have Anderson Berejel. You have, you know, Nene and Leandro Barbosa kind of over the hill. You look at Argentina, you know, on the second game on Tuesday. You know, you got the golden generation exiting, you know, Ginobili, Scola, Nocioni. Um, I feel like if even if they if they lose to Spain, if Croatia can beat Argentina and Brazil, they put them in a really good spot. I think moving forward, I think the the Spain game is very intriguing because you're talking about Hazonia playing against a, a number of Spanish guards that have NBA experience, you know, and uh, it'll be nice to see where he stacks up in terms of what kind of development he's made over the summer and. Also, just to, you know, to get a chance to see him play, we haven't seen him in action in, in a while. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, Rudy Fernandez, Juan Carlos Navarro. Uh, you know, you look at the point guards because Hazonia was playing some point guard in preparation for this. You got Ricky Rubio back there, Jose Calderon. Which, by the way, Ricky Rubio is wearing number seventy nine, which I don't know why he's doing so, that. But so anyway, are, they, are you allowed to do that? I yeah, they're they're letting them uh, wear uh, high uh, high numbers this year. Huh. I don't know why. So. Um, that was very interesting to, to note that, um, unless he does like a weird switcheroo at the end and goes back to a different number, but he's listed in the program as number 79. But so number one in your heart. I, yeah, I mean, uh, anyway, that's another topic for Wol- Timberwolves fans, I guess, as far as what they're going to do with Ricky Rubio. But, um, you know, his he didn't shoot it well in the Olympic qualifying tournament, but he did so much just great things. He played fantastic defense. His distributing was awesome. He he spread the floor. I mean, like he he he's not going to get a lot of shot attempts. That's part of the reason why it's kind of been tough for him to get going shooting wise. But I feel like his responsibility is going to grow as as Croatia progresses through this tournament. I feel like, and you know, we'll see how they do. But uh, moving on from the Olympics, uh, we uh, we're going to talk about another Croatian guy. The uh, Magic are apparently signing Damian Rudesh. Uh, Former Magic Killer. Still could be a Magic Killer, even on the Magic itself, themselves. But, um, you know, he's 30 years old. He's a 6'10 guy. You can put him at small forward, but he's more like a stretch four, basically, at this point. Um, you know, he he's only played two seasons in the NBA. I mean, he, he didn't come into the league until 2014 under Frank Vogel's coaching guidance at Indiana. Um, you know, that was his best NBA season by far. And his best two games came against the Magic right. when he dropped 18 points. I think it was like January of 2015. And he dropped 17 literally less than two months after that. So his best two games are against the Magic. One of them is against Jacques Vaughn. The other one's against James Brago as head coach. So, um, you know, I, I wrote up a little piece about that. You can see the YouTube clips on on, on MBO. And, you know, 
it's it's kind of up for debate if he's just a training camp invite or if he's really being signed to a one year contract. But based off his Twitter likes and and Vooch was congrat, it was welcome to the team. It looks like as long as he doesn't play awful, he's going to be on this roster because right right now the Magic have thirteen guys on the roster signed to their contract. Rudez could be number fourteen. And, you know, what are your thoughts of Damo at this point? Well, he certainly had a couple of shining moments in Indiana. And as you mentioned, they were uh, against us. Kind of fell off the map last year, got buried on the bench in Minnesota. A lot of young talent there that they wanted to run out and see what they had before they had to make some decisions. Mm -hmm. So, look, uh, to fill out a roster, we needed some depth in the front court. Just to, you know, training camp fodder, whatever it is, uh, you're not going to get much better at this time of year and so late in the summer. So looking forward to seeing, you know, what he has left in the tank, if he can still contribute. The the thing with him is he's not, if he doesn't make the team, that's not a guy that's going to end up in Erie. He's going to have another professional offer, lucrative offer to go somewhere else. So. He's here to either make the team or we're going to let him go. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, like I said, he's 30 years old. He he had a he didn't have much of an opportunity in Minnesota last season. Um, I don't know the circumstances of that, but you know, it's this is a guy that he fills a need. He fills a stretch four need that the Magic could use. And on corner threes with the Pacers two years ago, the man shot over 50 percent. On corner threes. And he can certainly shoot the ball. You can never have enough shooting. We've lacked shooting. We still lack shooting. I mean, we've stacked up a lot, though. Right. I mean, look at DJ Augustine they brought in. I mean, Serge Ibaka, for his position, can spread the floor. Um, you know, but you're right. I mean, we, we still have to prove that as a team we're, we can be better shooting, whether it's Aaron Gordon and Hazonia improving, you know, whether it's other guys. Maybe Vucevic stretches out. But, um, you know, I think it's, it, it's right now it's – it's extremely low risk because one magic haven't officially announced the signing. So it sounds like he's just a training camp invite at this point, but two, I mean, if they bring him along, he's another guy that Frank Vogel's familiar with. He'd be the third former pacer on this magic team that was coached by Frank Vogel. You know, he it's, it's um, CJ Watson, DJ Augustine, and now it's Damo Rudish. So and those guys are important when you're talking about instilling uh, you know, installing new terminology, new new uh, strategy, new tendencies, stuff that you're trying to get ingrained in the minds of players that have been here. And granted, you know, we haven't had a, a lot of longevity. No. But with so many changes and, and calls and stuff like that and, and, you know, responsibilities, to have guys that have been through the rigors of the season with Vogel before... Uh, you know, it's just like, uh, just like in class, right? You know, the classmate helps out maybe more than the teacher does. Sometimes you don't want to bring it up all the time. Uh, and to have that consistency across the roster has to be an added benefit. Yeah. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I'm sure if they magic choose to have 15 on the roster, it's going to be left to either like a D league guy or some type of journeyman. But, uh, you know, we, I'm, I'm hopeful that Rudesh can find his form from two years ago because if he does, that's a pretty solid signing. So, um, you know, moving on, a lot of uh, Magic-related uh, podcast news out there of late. Um, first off, Adrian Wojnarowski had former Magic head coach Doc Rivers on his podcast. Um, on there, they were just kind of talking. I mean, the Magic weren't brought up too much. 
um, other than how Doc Rivers is stuck at the Orlando International Airport when he's getting in like a screaming match with then-owner Donald Sterling. So I would have loved to have been even like watching the security cam footage of like Doc like gyrating in his car and, and freaking out. But um, he talked about Pat Garrity and he kind of brought up how like Stan Van Gundy snagged Pat Garrity for Detroit's front office before he could get him. And it's going to lead into kind of a kind of a, a thing that's been irking me as far as lists go. But, um, you know, other podcasts that have been brought up. I got to tell you, yeah. I have a great Pat Garrity story that I don't know if I've ever shared with you. So Ooh, I'm going to break it out now. OK, let's do now, it. Obviously, we know what Pat Garrity meant to the organization on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, probably if not top 10, top five all time greatest magic players of all time well let's not go that far i'm gonna give him top 20 maybe uh definitely top 25 i think he's top 10 on the career games list so and i'm gonna give pat the benefit of the doubt because i think this happened in 2004 and that he might have been coming off an acl injury that that summer yeah but uh, back in the day, when it was easier to be a sleuth on the internet, uh-huh. uh, Pat Garrity was the proud owner of an AOL email address. Wow. Uh, and I unearthed it, and I sent Pat Garrity an email, <laughs> uh, because I, at the time, was uh, an aspiring basketball player, and I said something to the effect of, hey, you're white, and you're not athletic, and you play basketball, and I'm white, and I'm not athletic, and I'd like to play basketball. What kind of, you know, can you give me some tips on, like, your training regimen, you know, whatever? Uh, In case you're wondering how Pat Garrity stayed and got in and stayed in such incredible shape, his answer was, you ready for this? Oh, God. It's incredible. Uh, Walking on the treadmill at an incline. All right. Yeah. All right. So he just he, he, he broke out the the <laughs> Bowflex Treadmaster. Uh, did he to give, prep for the NBA season? Now, did he give you like a percentage Tread or like a, or like a, a level of difficulty on the incline, or just say like no, just incline? Yeah, you're gonna want to set it to about an 18 percent incline. Oh, that's high. And try and run it for five minutes at a time. Now I know how he's able to posterize Samuel Dallenberg. And he, by run it, I mean walk it because <laughs> he walked the treadmill on an incline. <laughs> that's I've you've never heard that story. Yeah, so <laughs> that's awesome. To me. So now we know. Um, I mean, heck, I mean, that, that's pretty high. 18% is pretty high. You can build some good calf not, strength with that. Not just the uh, Duke Business School mind, you know, the Notre Dame bachelor degree mind, uh, also the body by Bowflex. I mean, it also helped, though, that Pat Garrity was 6'9". So I think that's, that, yeah. I think that, I yeah. think that really was what put him over the top on that. <laughs> if you were 6'9", Spencer, I think you could have definitely made it to NBA. You definitely would have played for a big-time college, I feel like. Yeah, so. probably. Um, yeah, definitely a really good basketball player. I want to get that out there. That's on the a hell of a story. Uh, I don't know if you got any J.J. Redick or Joe Rogowski stories because Mr. Redick had a former Magic strength and conditioning coach, uh, Joe Rogowski, on the, on his uh, podcast and uh, a lot of Orlando stories. I mean, he brought up like how one of his favorite workout guys was Ish Smith. He brought up a whole bunch of different guys, like Ryan Anderson, how he he seemed to, he made jokes about Ryan Anderson, how it seemed like the more he worked with him, the worse he got athletically. Um, I'm sure there's a bit of a joke there, but um, JJ Reddick's podcast is just a treat just because 
every other episode somehow involves the magic and if you're not listening to it as a magic fan you really should be yeah he spent nine years here so the bulk of the stories of you know his time in the league are a lot of references to orlando that we certainly find interesting uh his podcast on a whole is great he gets pretty uh pretty good guests week in and week out he's doing almost as good of a job as we are i think almost Um, getting there but the the cool thing when you go back and you hear about Rogowski talk, uh, you kind of long for that stability in the organization where not only did we have a top five coach and a top five roster, but the basketball operations, the health and wellness for the players. Clearly, we were doing some, uh, you know, like breakthrough technology type stuff. We were doing stuff. something we were, right. We were trying to reinvent the, the norm. And those are the stuff, you know, Reddick mentioned in his podcast that a lot of the flexibility stuff and the strength training stuff that he did in Orlando under Rogowski, he still does now, uh, you know, five, six years later. Yeah, and kind of doing just a whole bunch of variety of workouts, changing it up, because believe it or not, a lot of people were used to doing like just repetition type stuff, like the same workout over and over again, and... You'd be surprised how much more fun and how much productive you can be by just changing it up or yeah. doing like a rotation of stuff. So, um, you know, they I think at the end they did like a they they picked like the mad former like Magic players that were that would be better in like other sports and um, I, I can't I think Ryan Anderson being brought up as a figure skater was mentioned and just uh I think Jameer Nelson as a potential baseball player I think I could see that how that would have worked I mean he had a home run out of the Phillies ballpark when they did you know, their annual team get-together type thing. Certainly would have a small enough strike zone. He'd probably get on base pretty frequently. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, I actually, I, I, it'd be kind of cool if the ma- if this Magic team would, would start doing kind of retreats like, like those old Magic teams would do. Um, I mean, look, they starting in September, a lot of them should start showing up and they start working out together, but it's not the same t- thing. I mean, it's maybe a quarter of the guys kind of grouped together, not three quarters of the guys, you know, going on or going out somewhere and just hanging out for like a week or something. And I think the interesting thing too, I don't know if you remember, but even, uh, even about five years ago at the start of training camp, the magic as a team Mm -hmm. would ship up to Jacksonville or wherever. And they would start their two a days kind of out of Orlando, same kind of thing that you're seeing now where football, you know, NFL teams are going to camp. And they, you know, they shack up in the dorms and they're not in their normal training facility. Uh, I think even that kind of helps forge a team at the beginning of the year where you're setting out like, you know, these are the long term, these are the short term goals. And you're getting out of your normal environment, uh, kind of prepping your mind to come together and and begin a long, a long journey. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say it forces bonding, but I mean, it definitely pushes that a little bit. And I, I think we're seeing that. You know, it's not so great to be spread out all the time from from your teammates or whatnot going, you know, in an off season and you're only spending time together in the locker room or on a plane or whatnot. It's it's good to kind of do it leading up to a season and and we'll see how Frank Vogel hand if the, if he does anything or if one, if some of the players kind of try to rally the troops together. We'll, we'll find out. Um, and the team is certainly bet on Alfred Payton. He he knows he's here long term, and maybe as he gets more comfortable in a leadership role, he'll take the initiative to kind of be the point guard off the floor as well, and and maybe organize some more team wide activities. Well, I'll tell you what, lead, he kind of led into another topic. Um, you know, if anyone follows the NBA Players Association's you know social media accounts or whatnot, um, they'll find that uh, one of the 
things that were voted on. Each team voted on a player in their locker room who was the best teammate. And Alfred Payton won that vote for the Magic. So, you know, for a guy that's not the most vocal person, whether it be on the court or in interviews or whatnot, clearly he's doing something right if he's being voted the best player. And, I mean, maybe we take it with a grain of salt because half that team right. got, got sent out. But um, we're going to find out if... He was the only teammate left <laughs> on the roster. But he certainly took in uh, Hazonia last year. There yeah. were a lot of stories about, you know, Mario coming home to Louisiana. Oh, yeah, they're like brothers. And, yeah, they're brothers. Yeah, so. it, It's not. I mean, Aaron Gordon, same thing. I mean, and, right. and, and before he left, it was Oladipo. Those two guys were, were together. And we'll see how Elford does with some of the new guys. He's going to have to forge a closer bond with Evan Fournier. I mean, we'll, we'll find out, you know, how, how that works out. But I, I have full belief that Elford's going to have a fantastic season if he stays healthy and... You know, he was, he was able to see, I guess, in the games that he missed or the time he spent on the bench um, here and there, kind of what how the team operated and where he his, his place needed to be as far as where he needed to assert his leadership, kind of his opinion. And we'll see how that carries over now in the Frank Vogel era. So, you know, congrats on Alfred winning that teammate award, I guess. And maybe he'll win another one next season. Right. We'll see. And maybe he'll win a couple playoff games along with That'd that. That'd be nice. Um, one other podcast I want to bring up is uh, the uh, folks at Orlando Magic Radio, uh, Dante Marcatelli, George Galante. Uh, they, uh, they have been doing kind of a small series as far as just bringing in Magic guys during the summer. And it's basically the radio show, but they do it as a podcast. So, um, you know, before, I think a couple of weeks ago, it was Aaron Gordon. Very recently, they just got Nikola Vucevic. Vucevic just recently got married. He's been in Montenegro the majority of the summer. Congrats, Vuce. Congrats. Um, he's, he's training to 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 prep with the Montenegro national team as they try to qualify for the 2017 Eurobasket tournament. Um, Vuce's qualifying games start, I think, August 31st, and they go a few weeks into that. So, you know, he's he's talking about how he had to ramp up kind of his his routine of, of getting ready for the season because he's trying to get his national team back on the uh, on the global stage pretty much and so you know we'll see if that benefits him it might hurt him if he might he might burn out as the season progresses i tend to think uh the former as far as usually guys that are that get ready for a big tournament like this where he's going to be pretty much the main guy he might have to average 20 points per game in this tournament we'll see if the coach is doing the right job, right, um, he's going to be force-fed the ball. But um, you know, he talked about a couple other things, like uh, you know how he reached out to Mario Hazonia before the Olympics, you know, and he reached out to Evan Fournier after he didn't get picked for the French national team. Uh, he's been keeping in touch with other guys, and he's actually one of the best, uh, probably Twitter teammates as, as far as you know he reaches out to guys and congratulates them on stuff or he'll 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 joke around with them and i'm sure they do that in text messages and secret secret messaging that you and i don't see but it's kind of good that fans can see that there's kind of a, a reaching out type of bond going on with him i would bet that uh if nikola vucevic is not the number one you know bo- voted best teammate he's certainly 1a or number 2 seems he's up like there. a cool guy uh, and all the interactions, you know, throughout the locker room and stuff that that we're privy to. Um, he certainly has a lot to play for this upcoming season and a lot of motivation. And I would think the one thing is that, you know, a lot of veterans like to slowly ramp into their preparation for the season and stuff. But he's young enough 
that he can go full bore a little bit earlier in the summer. Yeah. And then the time that camp rolls around, the time that preseason and regular season gets here, uh, you know, he'll be he'll be ready to go. Um, and he needs to be because, you know, he's got competition fighting for that starting spot. Yeah, he's got Serge Ibaka probably being next to him at the power forward position, but he could be playing center. And then he's got Bismack Biombo right behind him. So, you know, he's been doing some interviews that some Magic fans have kind of ch- talked about as far as, Vooch claiming that he sh- he's, he should be the starter, like he deserves to be the starter. And I don't really view it as cockiness. When you listen to the entirety of those interviews, he shows immense respect to those guys. He's not throwing Biombo under the bus or anything. He's welcoming them on, on Twitter, everywhere. And look, Vooch is the team's number one option still at this point. He hasn't prove, proven otherwise. And the Magic need all the offense they can get. And you know, Vucevic last year, he was actually... Barely, but he was a, a positive. He was a plus on defense. So it's not like he's getting you know bent over a barrel and showing the you know showing the fifty <laughs> states or anything. You know, it's he's he's holding his own and he he's in, putting himself in line to maybe post an all star type season. So and, we'll see. And even he's certainly right to say everything that he says. And even if he's showing a little bit of arrogance or cockiness, you want them to be cocky. There's oh, yeah. there's no successful professional athlete in the world that doesn't have immense confidence in their abilities uh if there is one i'd like to see it (laughs) absolutely and uh you know as far as the orlando magic radio series goes they're gonna have penny hardaway next i'm jealous i hope that's a very good podcast because we i love penny very much so and i love you too penny so it's okay (laughs) (laughs) uh so next topic uh the preseason schedule came out on august 1st all right so we actually have some games to talk about a little bit. They're preseason. It's exhibition. I get that. But considering half the roster has turned over, we have a new coaching staff, these are kind of a big deal. So uh, one of the surprises was the Magic not actually having an eight-game exhibition schedule. It's only seven. Um, some teams around the NBA only have six. Yeah. So it's kind of, I guess, a progression towards we really don't need to play this many games. It's probably better to save the legs a little bit for the actual season. And... It's kind of interesting how the Magic kind of played it out as far as how their schedule looks. They're going to open up August 3rd at Memphis. Um, two nights later, they're at they're at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, and then there's like a week gap, literally. They have a week off before they host three straight home games yeah. against the Spurs, Pacers, Hawks. And then, you know, they're literally, they're literally playing every other day, which is actually kind of cool. And then they finish, you know, at Miami on the 18th. And then uh, they finish at home uh, October 20th against the Pelicans. I hate to do this because it's so stupid. <laughs> but if you analyze the preseason schedule... It's quality. It's uh, It actually sets the magic up very well. You got a couple of road games to start, uh, you know... Which is perfect timing. We talk about NBA teams, they tend to bond on the road. Mm-hmm. And that starts in preseason two. It's going to be the end of two-a-day practices. You get to go take a trip to Memphis, maybe yeah. get some ribs and hang out. Go to Cleveland. That'll be a fun environment still coming off the championship. And then the only travel for the next two weeks is a short trip to Miami. Otherwise, they're at home. They're getting used to their routine. They get to form that bond together, and then they're ready to take on the season at the end of October. Yeah, and look, I don't know who's going to be resting who, which players or whatnot, but literally the, the, the quality looks pretty good. I mean, Memphis, they've, they kept Mike Conley. Marcus Saul's going to be back healthy probably. 
Cleveland obviously is the champs. Um, we get to say hi to Channing Fry again, I guess. Maybe he'll show off his ring. Actually, <laughs> they don't get their rings till later on. So anyway, but um, you know, then you got the Spurs who are trying to figure out the how ghost to ghost of Tim Duncan. Yeah, ghost of Tim Duncan, but I mean that's that's a great team right yep. there. Um, and then you got two division games, which are actually well. Then you have Frank Vogel's former employer, the Pacers, on October fourteenth. Maybe it's a beginning of recruiting Paul George to Orlando. We'll find out. Um, you know, it, it's weird seeing all these people hype up the Pacers, and yet no one really is talking about the Magic. And you and I talked about the Pacers aren't really that great in my mind. So we're going to find out. Uh, I mean, we won't find out in preseason, no. but it, it's it, it's good to kind of see them. And I'm sure Frank Vogel is going to get a lot of questions about his employer and a former employer and whatnot. Uh, then you got two division games, Atlanta. We get to, we get to bring Dwight Howard back. Maybe Dwight Howard will skip that game, like he likes to skip other games. We'll find out. Um, and then at Miami, Miami's got to go on without Dwayne Wade and Luol Deng. We'll see if Chris Bosh will be anywhere in a, a position to play. Um, and then they finish off with the Pelicans. Anthony Davis is looking to get that team back on track again. Yeah. So look, if all those guys are playing again, are, are playing in those games, that alone will will up the quality and. Look, you just want to get the team ready for whatever defensive and offensive systems are going to run. You got to figure out your rotations. You got to figure out your starters. And you know, like like you said, Penny, it really I think the schedule kind of led leads itself to one bond on the road early, and then two get used to being at Amway Center and just kind of getting you know familiar with your surroundings. And, and look, you have to uh, look. The Magic aren't losing any home games, right? They're getting four home games worth of revenue during yeah. the preseason, no even money though they're lost. not playing eight. But you have to commend the team and the league. They're trimming the preseason schedule by one. And then they're also starting the regular season a few days earlier to limit some of those back-to-backs throughout the course of the season. So hopefully that lends itself to uh, our team staying healthy for the for the length of the season this year. So the you you said you mentioned the season schedule. So the regular season schedule has not been released yet, but uh, Ira Winderman from the Sun Sentinel actually kind of leaked out uh, that. The Magic and the Heat very well could be uh, beginning the season uh, to open the season at Amway Center, uh, which is actually pretty awesome to have kind of a in-division, in-state rivalry to kind of open up you know, an in-state derby, basically, if we're talking soccer terms, to, to begin what should be a very exciting season. Um, you know, the game is slated for Wednesday, October 26th at Amway Center, which is pretty early for a regular season game. I think last yeah. year it was they started... They played the Wizards on like the 28th, I think, to open that season. And so it'll be, I'm actually pretty excited about it. I haven't been as excited about a schedule coming out for a long time. I'm hoping you and I can make some road trips and maybe we'll debate what games we're going to go on the road trip here on the next podcast. We'll find out depending on when that schedule comes out. Um, You know, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on maybe renewing the rivalry, maybe the Magic finally kind of exerting themselves as the top team in state because it's been a while since we can say that's that's a possibility um i think it's definitely year for the for the power balance to start shifting the team down south the identity has changed you know wade is no longer there and uh as we know, when you when you lose a generational talent, yeah. it takes a while to kind of uh, reconfigure how you're going to play and what and what your identity is as an organization and a franchise. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just really excited to get this going. And, you know, Bismack Biombo won't be available for that first game because he's, he's got that suspension from that flagrant foul that he picked up with the Raptors. So, again, we pretty much kind of know what, who's going to be starting in the front court. It's going to be Vuce and Ibaka, most likely, barring injury or barring chaos or whatnot. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing maybe Frank Vogel and Eric Spolstra kind of ramp up their old rivalry, rivalry from when the Pacers were going to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years ago. And anyway, I'm looking forward to that. So final topic for the podcast. Uh, the Magic uh, official Twitter account has been requesting fan votes for the Magic's all-time top 25 players in Magic history. And I think it's already off to an, uh, an awful start. And they're using the same list that Josh Cohen put together that we debated in an earlier podcast. So was, check that out. I think that was episode five. Uh, they, they put together a top 70 list of players all time, and they kind of started off around pick who you want for number 25. Right. You know, it was like between like Jason Richardson and uh, I forget who it was, Jason Richardson and uh, Reggie Theus, I think, and the fans voted Jason Richardson 25, and then they went forward. It's like, okay, will Jason Richardson move on, or do you want to pick Tobias Harris? And Tobias Harris moved on, and so... So far, they've gone like four deep, and it's killing me. It is killing my <laughs> diehard soul. Um, oh, God, it's just bad. So 25 is Jason Richardson. Um, he shouldn't be in there. Pat Garrity's number 24. He should be there. Uh, Aaron Afalala, should be higher, right? He probably should be higher. <laughs> Pat Garrity should be a little higher, actually. He might be... He might be in that top 20, yeah. like towards the bottom of the He's top 20. walking his way up that incline. Um, <laughs> uh, Aaron Aflalo comes in at number 23. He should not be in there. No. Uh, Tobias Harris is at number 22. He should not be in there. Uh, also, no. Uh, Terry Catledge is at 21. I'm good with that. Um, Founding and, father. And the man that's been rocketing up the votes is Ryan Anderson, who should not be in the top 25, but has already guaranteed himself a top 20 spot. So, and I want to stress the fact that we like Ryan Anderson oh, yeah, a hell him. of a lot. But what did he do? Like, as far, like he, he had like a couple good seasons. Great but... guy, good player, who uh, in the end basically got beat out by Brandon Bass. And didn't quite deliver in the playoffs Couldn't like do it. we needed him to. Couldn't do it. Like, he doesn't really have a clutch moment either, I don't think, with the Magic. I, I can't think of one at the top of my head. I mean, he's hit some big shots, but nothing that yeah. was in, like, a late-game situation, I don't think, off the top of my head. I'm sure people can correct me on that. But, I mean, I can already bring up a couple people. Um, I mean, and look, the way the poll is going to progress, you know, it's going to be Ryan Anderson who beat out, you know, Terry Catledge. He's going up against Bo Outlaw. If Rhino beats Bo Outlaw, I'm not going to be very happy. Like, they need to just shut down the poll because <laughs> after that comes Victor Oladipo, who should not have been ranked number 18 in that top 70 list, but he's going to come up in this poll, and it's infuriating to me because it's just it's, it's, a, it's a rough list to begin with, and the fact that they're doing this based off that list, it hurts. It, it, it shouldn't bother me this much because it's just a list, but it does because I feel like people should know better. Uh, I, I agree. I think it's important to note the medium that they're using to conduct this poll, which is Twitter, and that, by and large, the majority of Twitter users probably didn't watch a lot of Magic Basketball in 1990 uh, like we did. Hell, let so. alone like 2003. Like, come on now. So, so. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's, I hate it, but um, <laughs> it, it will be interesting to see how high Ryan Anderson goes and how high Victor Oladipo goes, because yeah. if the Indi Indiana Hoosier fans get a hold of that poll, he might end up number one in that poll, and he <laughs> might tank it like he did the Orlando Sentinel poll when he beat, like, Penny, and I think I think he crashed out before Shaq. He might have beaten yeah. Shaq. I can't remember, but 
Um, you know, it's it's crazy. Uh, you can throw guys of na- you know names of guys that should be in there. I think Rafer Alston should be in there before some of those guys. See, I would put him uh, right smack dab oh, at twenty five. No, no. Right smack dab at twenty five because we don't get to the finals without Skip. See, we don't. That's where you and I differ, and I guess it depends on what your what your look you know what your criteria. Is. I know but he doesn't have the longevity. He played twenty four playoff games and probably 24 regular season games if that <laughs> and and then he got shipped out because he didn't want to play behind Jameer or with Jameer splitting time the next season which in fairness honestly though in hindsight he might not have been wrong to have been that angry but again you and I are split between the table on that but we again are. Rafer should 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 have been kept around, I think. And look, I'm not saying ship out Jameer Nelson, but you figure it out. You don't... Look, Rafer uh, contributed to one of the greatest magic seasons of all time, and for that we're indebted to him, but we certainly don't owe him a top 25 place in the franchise history. Okay, so... All right, fine, then. So... Put him at 26. God. I would put Courtney Lee in there. I would put Mikhail Pietras in there. Um, tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm right. Tell me who else you want to put in there. Um, I maybe I throw Ronnie Cycli in there. I I don't know. Yeah. Like, well, well, you know, maybe I don't know about Marching Gortat, but I mean, he's got a better case than Jason Richardson, Tobias Harris, and Aaron Aflalo, I think, and definitely Ryan Anderson and Victor Oladipo. So I, I think know. just for nostalgia's sake, I'd put Anthony Bowie, Donald Royal, and Courtney Lee ahead of Aaron Aflalo. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, look, it, we'll see. I mean, we can make an argument for Brian Shaw. If we really want to go back, we can maybe talk like Jerry Reynolds or Sam Vincent even. I don't know. But those four guys, those three or four guys should not be in there. And it's just, it, it's maddening to me. And it's going to get worse now as the next few weeks progress, as we get to you know training camp it here reeks in the next of uh of recency bias i think and as we talked about before josh cohen has a lot of explaining to do yeah and um, so do the fans that are voting you need to get it together and and maybe this is just going to force me to have to do like a top 100 <laughs> list of all-time magic players now you keep um, threatening i think I keep people threatening. want it. i'm gonna have to do it um it, it's just bad i'm gonna i'm gonna wait for this to play out because i'm gonna laugh if it's not Shaq or dwight at number one yeah and then it's going to be really interesting to see, like, how do you even own up to that if you're running the Magic Twitter account? So anyway, um, that's it for, for this this portion of the podcast, pretty much. Uh, we went through it pretty quick, uh, and we didn't even have, like, a main topic either. We just rambled on for a while. But you can follow us on Twitter, at MagicMBO for the, sto- for the MagicBasketballOnline.com site, the story-only feed. Spencer, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. Again, uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and please subscribe to the podcast. Please rate the podcast. And to quote Malcolm Gladwell, please rate it. It helps. It does help very much. Uh, You know, you you can find it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, a few other ones, and uh, that'll do it. So until next time, take care. (laughs)